The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling alive and energetic or lethargic and weak? Listen to your heart. Welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Your host for the hour is Dr. Marianne Chase. When we fail to understand and work on the root cause of our stress and illness, we seem to be in a never-ending spiral of poor health and low energy. It's time to re-harness that potential in order to live a better life. Now here's Dr. Marianne. Hello and welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. This is Dr. Mary Ann Chase and I am so glad that you can join me today. Today, my guest is Wayne Perry and it is all about healing with sound. But before I get into all of that, let me let everybody know that uh, you can reach me, connect with me on Facebook, the Healing Whisper page, as well as Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and my website, thehealingwhisper.com. I'd also like everybody to know that this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat diagnose, heal, or cure anything. Everything contained in this show is the opinion of myself, Dr. Marianne Chase, and my guest, Wayne Perry. Please always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any concerns that you may have. Well, Wayne, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you with me today. Well, thanks, Marianne. I'm glad to be here and been looking forward to it. <laughs> well, before we get into our discussion today, I'd just like to let everybody know a little bit about you. Wayne Perry is a renowned sound healer, singer, songwriter, recording artist, voice coach, storyteller, lecturer, workshop facilitator, and the published author of Sound Medicine. Wayne's originally from Chicago. He now performs his storytelling, all vocal music, and his sound healing workshops worldwide. He has recorded 12 CDs, two videos, and in the summer of 2014, he did a concert tour in Bulgaria. He's the founder and director of the Holistic Voice Institute and Sound Therapy Center of Los Angeles. Wayne's popular and leading-edge work has been nationally featured on NBC, CNN, Eyewitness News, and numerous other television and radio shows. And now you can add the Healing Whisper, a return to peace, to your 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 <laughs> list of radio shows. Yeah, well, it sounds like a lot there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing where I found out about you is I bought the book, your book, Sound Medicine. And I was so impressed by the information in that book and just 
by the fact that you used to have a radio show on alternative stuff, <laughs> for for lack of better description, that that I just had to ask you to to be on my show, and I am so grateful that you agreed to be on this show. So tell us, Wayne, what was the thing that led you into sound healing and sound medicine? Well, it's kind of a big question, but I will attempt to answer it, and it relates to what you just mentioned, hosting a a show like uh, you. I was... uh, I did a radio show for a few years on KCLA-FM, uh, KLAS and KLAS, uh, KCLA in Los Angeles. And um, I was on, you know, every Friday night, and I parlayed one show into the next show. I was doing a music show and, a, and an interview show and uh, several other shows, but the interview show I liked the most because it was dealing with cutting-edge uh uh, issues and people that I thought deserved more attention in the alternative healing world and, and just a lot of areas, metaphysics and just people that you don't see in the mainstream and I thought deserved more uh, attention. And I was like a kid in the candy store just exploring all these things, interviewing people in my living room, having people channeling Sananda and all sorts of wild people, and I could separate the wheat from the chaff and kind of see what people I thought were really legitimate and deserving and which ones maybe not so much, and it was a lot of fun, and that's how I got started with the with the show. And then after a couple years of the show, that was like in the uh, early 90s, and in 1992, while I was doing the show... Uh, well, actually, it was early, might have been late 91, early 92. I had a guest on that was the founder of bioacoustics. And bioacoustics is the study of the frequencies that emanate from living organisms. And I thought that was fascinating. And she sent me a video of uh, people that had been healed from, like, severe illnesses, uh, uh, cancer, severe environmental allergies, and and uh, some terminal things. And I was kind of skeptical at first how that they were healed with sound, and I hadn't heard anything about that at the time. And then when I uh, explored it further, I was fascinated, and I contacted some of these people, interviewed uh, them over the phone, and it seemed kind of legitimate, so I had her on the show. We became friends. I had her on a second time, and then she came to Los Angeles from the East Coast to do the first practitioner training in Los Angeles, and I was one of 17 people uh, that, uh, you know, and I was just doing it kind of out of curiosity and because it was a great, you know, favor she was doing for me because I was interested, and that's kind of how it began. I, I did the training. There was so much to wrap my mind around the frequencies of the periodic table and on and on. So I actually went to Phoenix, Arizona and did the the training a second time, this like two-week training, and I did it. In, and after I did it in Phoenix, I got my mind wrapped around it sufficiently enough to feel <laughs> this is too profound to pass up. This is something I got to do. And I, I kind of broke up my band I was performing with because I was feeling, you know, I've been doing this for years and I'm not interested in, 
you know, and just being uh, into entertainment when I could be into brainwave entrainment. And that was more fascinating to me, you know, in training brainwave patterns with sound frequencies that address one's signature frequency, that every person has their own unique signature frequency, notes that people are alike. And I just started exploring this and uh, wound up giving up four of the five radio shows I was producing. Uh, and just before that, I had taken my radio show to TV and cable TV, and I kept that going for 13 years. I was actually... Uh, on cable television for 13 years because I could take the shows in advance and while I'm traveling with them or my radio show was live so I had to abandon that but the uh, the TV show I kept doing and would record two, three, four shows at a time and schedule them and then hit the road so that's kind All right. <laughs> how I got started and until uh, I've gone through many, many uh, uh, journeys through the last 24 years that I've been doing this, uh, and, uh, uh, well, anyway, but that's the, the short version. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, I can tell that's the short version because when I have, as I am reading in your book, and I am, am just, at times, overwhelmed by the amount of information, so I, I read, I do one of the exercises, and then I kind of have to take a break. <laughs> but that is one of the things that so excited me when I found this book because I have always known that sound and music was a huge part of healing for people. I've always known that. It's always been part of uh, my intuitive knowledge. And being a member of a community choir that uh, I see personally, my fellow choir members just, they heal because of singing. And it's a huge part of my life. Music has always been a huge part of my life. But until I found your book, I was really looking at all of the electronic creations of um, sounds that are healing, like the 528 hertz and things along those lines. But I was thinking, you know what? We as humans have been given the original instrument. Why can't we use this original instrument to heal? And you describe that in your book and many, many ways of healing in your book. What Are you I speaking read, of the human voice when you say you know, instrument? Yeah, yeah, no, the original right. instrument. <laughs> right. I just want to be clear so people listening understand you're referring to the human voice. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that's what it was, and I apologize for, for not being clear about that. But uh, so later on in your book, after you go through a plethora of different healing techniques, you talk about the eight principles of healing. And um, the thing that really got my attention is breathing. Conscious breathing. Why is breathing so important, Wayne? Well, first of all, just to back up 
a, a, a second and then I'll respond to your question. First of all, it's the nine core keys to sound healing. It's not eight, it's nine. Uh, you might have said eight because the chapter, that particular chapter covers eight of them and the ninth key was so important and I got so involved in writing it, I had to turn it into its own chapter. So it's a little <laughs> confusing. So there's a chapter on like uh, eight of the nine keys and then it, the ninth key has its own chapter. So I just wanted to cover that. The other thing that you mentioned uh, as far as me, uh, you know, working with sound and your time on music and music, of course, I've been involved with my whole life. I love music. It is a, a certain part of what I do, but uh, sound is what we're, the, our bodies consist of. Our bodies consist of sound. And usually, like when I do a presentation, one of the first things I do is very specifically explain exactly how our bodies are sound. Because when people hear a statement like that, they think it's some kind of new age mumbo jumbo or something, you know, <laughs> that your bodies consist of sound. Uh, so I can address that or, or, or return to your question or both (laughs) well um, you know what let's uh, talk about the breathing as the importance and then we can return to the sound and of our bodies okay yeah well breathing is important because it's as they refer to in the east the prana the prana is the life force energy and you know in in our country at least and in a lot of uh, uh, areas and cultures of the world, we tend to kind of take it for granted that, uh, you know, we breathe and uh, we don't think a lot about it. Uh, there are people that specialize in breath work training and getting the most out of the breath. I'd say one of the first things I would encourage people to do if they're not doing it already is diaphragmatic breathing. When you breathe from the diaphragm, which I learned when I was about 18 years old as a, as a, with my voice coach as a singer, but... Um, it's just important for overall health to not lift the shoulders and uh, and chest breathe, but to breathe from the diaphragm uh, with uh, without lifting our shoulders, and that maximizes the oxygen input into the lower part of the lungs that normally don't get fully filled when we breathe shallow. And I emphasize this particularly because I've been a shallow breather all my life. And I remember one of my favorite books, Illusions, by Richard Bach. He used to say, he had a quote in there saying, we teach best what we most need to learn. And that's always stayed with me, you know, and I always consider myself open to learning. I've met, you know, both from my radio and television show and my life experience, a lot of people that were experts in certain areas, and then for some reason, you know, they stop growing or they think they know it all. And, and so you may remember, if, you know, it says in my book, you know, that I talk about, and I usually put on the board when I'm doing a workshop, I usually write on the board on uh, Sunday morning, people come in, I write, when you're green, you grow, and when you're ripe, you rot. <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously... Uh, you know, kind of uh, direct, and it's also a metaphor for the fact that what I'm talking about, that there's a lot of smelly people out, of, out there that think they know it all, you know, and I think it's important for me in my life to keep growing that if we're in this physical body, in this dimension, we are always healing and growing, and 
least we should be, and we are, even if we resist it or we're not aware of it. <laughs> you know, I think it's God's gift, you know, that we, you know, that we grow. So all we can do is accelerate that growth and get that ego, self, personality out of the way and let spirit move us and become our full potential uh, as an instrument of God, or we can get in the way with our mind and our ego and our personality and all the other stuff and try to do it our way and try to be controlling and all that. You know, and one of the greatest lessons I learned in my life when I went through some serious illnesses and automobile accident and, you know, lost my my home and, and my life savings and all sorts of stuff, but it brought me to a place of, of surrender, uh, surrendering to spirit, which was just a great boon and just empowered me and uh, made me uh, so immensely grateful when I look back at my earlier life, I think I was I had an attitude of entitlement and I had control issues and repressed anger and just a lot of things that I don't carry around anymore and I'm just so grateful that every day from the time that I get up in the morning till I go to bed at night, I give thanks for this blessing even though it was a very, very difficult and painful journey. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything because it brought me to, uh, I guess I could call kind of a divine place, a very peaceful and uh, grateful place. So I guess I strayed away from the question, but I'm sorry. Well, not exactly. I tend to get into these stream of consciousness rants sometimes. So Yeah, uh, the, the, not exactly really, Wayne, because what we were talking about was breath and Breath is life, and yeah. uh, if you're not breathing, you're you're not living. And uh, as you said, if you're if you're not learning, you're not living either. You know, it's kind of like you mm-hmm. stop learning and then you die. So, pulling in the breath is so important, especially if you're a singer. Now, when you're a singer, you're making sound. And you said that the body is sound, which um, Mm -hmm. to those of us that understand physics, we understand how that works. Even the planets make sound. So explain to the audience what you mean by the body is sound. Okay. Well, you know, we live in a universe of sound. We live in this vibrational universe. And the new physics has gone a long way in helping people to understand that everything is energy. And so people are starting, when I started doing this work, you know, 25 years ago, it was an uphill battle. I mean, I had, would have people like laugh at me and say, oh yeah, your sounds or your voice or your, your music or whatever it is, is, is going to heal my arthritis or my cancer or whatever their issue was. And they would, you know, laugh. They were skeptical, sarcastic. It was difficult. The only clients I had originally were Seniors that were fed up with allopathic medicine that weren't getting results, were suffering, didn't want to be taking drugs and weren't getting benefit, perhaps, from the drugs or the treatments. So those were the only clients I had initially starting off, but I was passionate about this. I believed it then. I believe in it now. And it took a number of years to, you know, for this work to move 
more in the direction of the mainstream. And I say direction because it's not mainstream yet. I may not see it in my lifetime being mainstream, <laughs> but I believe in what Edgar Cayce said in 1952. He said sound will be the medicine of the future, and he was a sleeping prophet. I read some of his books when I was in college, and, uh, and it impressed me, and I've come to believe that that's very true. And I also believe that the future is now. And one of the first things that we that helps us to understand this and implement it is understanding how our bodies consist of sound. So, uh, you know, if you think about um, sound, to preface before I explain how our bodies are sound, let me say that um, uh, our, can I phrase this, um, <laughs> our experience, uh, our life, ex- well, let me put it this way, sound and frequency determines the form and density of all matter. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is a principle that people may or may not understand, some people understand it, but when you look at an object, I don't you know, care what it is, it could be a person, it could be an apple, it could be a plant, it could be, you know, anything. Uh, it's, it consists of sound. And the frequency or sound determines its form and its density. Now, we tend to think, not so much in terms of density, we tend to think, I've found in, in talking with people over the years, we think, think in terms of solidity rather than density. Right. But density is a better word. Solidity is our concept of something being solid and, or, and then maybe something being uh, liquid or gaseous or whatever it is. That's the way, we, you know, maybe we learned in school. But, <coughs> excuse me, a better word, as I said, is density because the form and density of all matter is determined by its frequency. So what that infers and tells us is that everything has its own unique frequency. That includes, of course, the human body, which is probably our chief concern because we all live in this uh, temporal uh, physical body. And uh, to understand that along with everything else, rather than define how everything is sound, let me just take one thing and that's probably of primary concern, which is the human body, and explain how that's sound. So we begin and understanding the form and the density of the human body. So let me ask you a question. What part of your physical body would you say has the most density? Now, if it's easier to think of it, you can think in terms of solidity. But we know from the new physics that there's no such thing as solid matter. You know, we used to think there was such thing as solid matter, like we used to think the world was square or numerous other things. Uh, now we know that uh, that everything is energy vibrating at certain frequencies and that uh, there there is no uh, such thing as solid. Uh, when we break it down, we have the technology and the microscopes to determine everything is, shows the molecules and atoms moving and is vibrational. But now to, to focus on the body and get back to my question, what part of your physical body would you say has the most density? Well, uh, honestly, Wayne, knowing what I know about the amount of energy that is put out from the body, it would be the heart is what I would say because there is more energy coming from the heart than just about any other part of the body. Well, if you set aside... Uh, 
you know, focusing on the energy part of it and just focus on the density or solidity uh, of the body. That's what I'm, what I'm going for, what I'm asking. No, it would be most likely the bones unless you exactly. really know the bones have the so marrow, bones which is not have the most solid. solidity or density. And I, I don't want to use the word solidity anymore, but just to bring us and any listeners to the point of clarity, uh, your, our bones and teeth have the most uh, density. So, again, we're filtering this through our perspective of, uh, of form and density. So the, a tooth, a bone, has a very specific form and density. The density is the most density in the physical body, and in terms of the form, you can't really change that form without breaking the bone or the tooth. Okay, so let's move up in frequency because those, that part of the body, the bones and teeth, is the, is the lowest frequency vibrating within the human body. So now okay. if we step it up and look at the muscles and skin, let's just factor every, throw everything in there, the organs and, and the body systems and the uh, skin and muscles and everything, uh, just to keep this brief uh, this, uh, description. And so if we look at it, at, at that part of the body and look at the form and density. Now, the form and density changes because those parts of the body operate at a higher frequency. So now you have some malleability to the form. You can, the, the skin has a certain amount of elasticity. It can be stretched. Same thing with the muscles, cartilage, tendons, like massage therapists and chiropractors work with manipulating and stre- uh, stretching, strengthening, and, you know, working on scar tissue, the, all these various things. So, so the form is a little less fixed than the bones and the teeth because it's a higher frequency. And it's the same thing with the density. There's not as much density to it. So it's generally lighter and uh, has uh, different characteristics in terms of form and density. Okay, so let's skip to the next, the last category of the physical body, which would be the fluids and blood within the body. Now that's right. sound too, but just like the the uh, skin and organs are a higher frequency than the bones. The blood and fluids in the body are a much higher frequency than the rest of the body. So if we look at, at the blood, for instance, uh, and uh, look at the form, and if I were to ask you, well, what's the shape or form of your blood? Well, it, it, it is the shape of the vessels that is having to flow through. Well, not only that, you could say it's the shape contained by the skin and the uh, skeletal system of the human body determines the, the shape of the blood. So if you took a picture of water, for instance, fluid water is a good enough example. If you took a picture of water and you poured it on the sidewalk or floor or something, you, you've got a hardwood floor and you poured the picture of water on the floor, you couldn't predict the exact form that it would take. You right. throw the bone on the floor, you know what the form is. You know? <laughs> it's but whatever with the, the form with the is. the water, <laughs> you don't, because we've moved into the realm of the amorphous, yes. and, which is a different dimension. And the amorphous is, you can't predict how, what the form is. It might make a puddle. It might make two puddles. It might make a string of droplets. You can't, it just depends on the energy put into the the force of the pouring of the water on the floor and various other 
physics characteristics, but the bottom line right. is the form is amorphous. And then the in terms of the let's, density, we can put our hands in water. In a little more detail after the break. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know those commercial interests right. do need to be <laughs> fed. So folks, don't go away. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Mary Ann is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase and I am so glad that you're sticking with me. Today my guest is Wayne Perry and we are talking about sound healing. Just before the break, Wayne was talking about the amorphous parts of and the more solid parts of our body and talking about how if you were just to throw water on the sidewalk you really cannot determine what the shape is going to be and so this is all leading us into the theory or the truth that actually that our body is sound so Wayne would you continue on with this thought yeah, well, just to finish up what I was saying, <clears throat> you know, you, you pour a pitcher of water on the floor, you don't predict, you can't predict the exact form it's going to take because it's now amorphous. It might be a puddle or a string of droplets. And similarly, with the density of it, um, you can put your hands through water. We do it every day when we wash our hands, for instance. We don't think about it, but, you know, that's because, you know, the... Uh, Form and density is so different that uh, we can easily move and manipulate the form and shape of water. And it's being amorphous, it takes on the shape of its container or whatever. Okay, so that's very high frequency, way above the, the hearing range of sound. You know, we have a hearing range of about, you know, 15 hertz to about 20,000 hertz per second or uh, not per second, but uh, the number of cycles per second are from 15 to um, uh, 20,000 is the general hearing range. Although after the age of 18 to 20 years old, we lose some of the high end, and we yeah. may not have 20,000. We may have about 18,000. But we have plenty of range to hear the normal things in uh, society, or so to speak. And um, and but we and most 
even kids will know or hear in school about dog whistles, that dogs can hear higher and more than we can as humans, and that's why we can't hear a dog whistle, but the dog can because the dog has hearing up to 40,000 hertz. But people don't realize cats actually have hearing of 60,000 hertz, but they lose some of the low end. The dogs and humans hear a little better on the lower end that cats don't. And, and then the bats have 80,000 hertz uh, range of uh, hearing. And on the planet, the, the orcas and dolphins, but primarily the or- orcas, um, have the highest hearing range that's about 10 times what human being hears. It's about 200,000, anywhere from 150 to 200,000 hertz. So that's just some maybe sound trivia information as a reference point for uh, who and what we are. But back to the analogy of the body, we're, we consist of all these frequencies that make up the, the, the bones as the lowest frequency and the the, uh, the muscles and organs and skin, which is a higher frequency, and the blood and fluids are the highest uh, frequency physically. But we're more than just that sack of chemicals. We also have an emotional body that has its mm-hmm. own frequency. And we have a mental body, and we have a spiritual body. So I don't want to spend too much time with that, but I'd just say briefly that your emotional body is rooted in what's known as the astral body in, in metaphysics is the astral body. And, you know, some people study astral projection and some of this. And, you know, years ago I used to do some experiments in the, in the dark and, and some other things uh, that, you know, you can sometimes see the energy um, of the, the body around the hands with, when you do certain things. And, and people that see, uh, you know, ghosts or claim to see ghosts or these subtle energy things, these are, are astral things in nature. Our astral body is similar to the physical body, but it's within, uh, within our body and within our emotions that we feel are rooted in that. And within that is the causal body. Within our, our astral body is the causal body. And the causal body is kind of the home of the mind. Is Causal and causation is how the world and the universe was created. God created it through the causal universe and through the causal body, and that's within us. And within the causal body is the soul and the the spiritual body, and that's the one uh, body or whatever you want to call it, entity or part of ourselves, that's eternal. The soul never dies. So all these other uh, frequencies of our beingness and our body are temporal and, and impermanent, but the soul lives on forever. The soul is the infinite frequency. So that's just a little overview that has, obviously goes into the metaphysical from the, you know, the standard just to kind of explain that we're vibrational beings and uh, we're ultimately going to move completely into the, that infinite uh, body but as long as we're participating in the emotional and physical and mental, it helps to have a little uh, reference or background information to, right. to understand who and what we are. So hopefully that explains to people uh, that how we consist of frequency. And so what you have explained in your book is that when a part of us, this temporal us, or even the uh, the soul gets out of balance. The frequency is 
off. The way to heal this part is by getting that frequency re-entrained. And uh, am I stating that correctly? Yeah, generally. It's like, as I mentioned earlier, every person has their own unique signature frequency that's unique to them, and no two people are, are alike. And so I would think, you know, I, I certainly, when I found this work and started exploring the new physics and some of these things, I figured, I, you know, that's my responsibility. I want to know who I am, you know, and... Uh, Physician, know thyself. I mean, not that I'm a physician, but it's just, uh, you know, self-knowledge and knowing oneself. And so when I discovered these things, they kind of profoundly uh, affected my life. And so the, um, the not only does the body have its own unique frequency, each organ, each system, your nervous system, your circulatory system, your digestive system, every system you have has its own frequency. But rather than get into all those hundreds or perhaps even thousands of systems in the body in each frequency, let me just say that the whole of all of those frequencies, or body systems, I should say, makes up what I'm referring to when I say your signature frequency. That's the whole of who you are and that I'm referring to when I say no two people are alike. It's kind of like a sonic fingerprint. And so one of the, the first thing I generally do with a client, unless they have other ideas and they just want to learn uh, vocal toning or they want to learn energetics or some other thing, 99% of the time, the first thing I do, the client is a diagnostic voice analysis. And for those probably majority of your listeners that are probably not in Los Angeles, I want to mention that I now do this by phone. The first 15 years of my practice, I refused to do it by phone because I didn't think it would be you know accurate enough and I'm not mm-hmm. in this for the money and in this for because it works and I'm passionate about it and uh but around uh whatever it's been maybe 10 years ago I found a phone a Panasonic phone that was able to reproduce the sound very easily and like when you're on a speakerphone you can't even tell it's a speakerphone and uh I started testing and doing that via the phone that analysis and it worked fine. So for the last 10 years, I've been doing it both in person and via the telephone. But the diagnostic analysis, just so you can have a you know an understanding of what it entails, I put people on a microphone and I ask different categories of questions that target different areas of the brain because your brain holds the information of your signature frequency. It holds all of that uh, you know inside. And so to bring it out, uh, I created, you know, like I said, over 20 years ago, I created uh, some uh, incisive questions that target these areas of the brain because, uh, you know, doctors and uh, scientists, physics people know that all the information, everything is stored in the home office, which is the brain. But what many <laughs> people don't know is that it's also in your voice that whatever is in your brain is in your voice. If it's missing from your brain, it's missing from your voice. If it's in your brain, it's in your voice. And that's one of the things I was trained to do in bioacoustics. In fact, it's the only thing I still use from bioacoustics that has the greatest value because I kind of took the sound therapy in my own direction based upon my experience. And I now train people. I do a professional sound healer's training, and I train people to be 
you know, certified sound healers, but they have to go through, you know, uh, about 48 different exercises and learning how they work and, you know, practice it and that sort of thing. But uh, so when you learn your signature frequency, it takes, you know, the whole thing is about a 90-minute session because I like to explain things in detail so people understand what I'm doing and what they're what they want to do or not do during the process. And then after that, I put them on the microphone, and then they're talking, responding to the questions for maybe a minimum of 20 minutes, maybe a maximum of 30 minutes, I would say. And that gives me enough information that while they're speaking, I'm by hand, I'm hand charting with colored pens on their chart. I'm creating their personal uh, chart or their personal uh, signature frequency. And once I complete it, I have enough information. You know, some people are a little easier than others. Some people are a little nervous or sometimes even dishonest. But generally, if people are going to spend the time and money to do something like this, it would, wouldn't behoove them to be dishonest about it. So I usually <laughs> draw very good conscious people that are, you know, honest and sincere and want to learn about their their health and their body and sound therapy and so on. So anyway, so that's what transpires during the session. After they spend the time on the phone, I complete their chart. I show them the chart and I interpret it for them. I can tell from uh, anyone's voice where they're strong, where they're weak, physically, emotionally, and mentally. It's all there. And so I interpret the chart. I can even see what issues relate to the past and what issues possibly relate to the future on emotional levels because different emotions are different. Some emotions like uh, grief and anger, resentment, um, loss, these are emotions that are in the past that we're carrying in the brain and in the body. And other types of emotions like worry, fear, anxiety, control issues, those are future-based emotions, and they show up in a different way. So I can help people in all these various ways, emotionally, physically, and psychologically, to understand what's awry and what frequencies are, are weak and, but it's also what frequencies are in excess. These are the two things I'm looking for as a sound therapist. I'm looking for frequencies that are, are, uh, are weak or, uh, let's say, uh, uh, some people in this field usually used to say missing. You have a missing note or missing frequency. I find that disempowering. I don't believe anybody's missing anything. You have everything. <laughs> God gave you everything you need. You're not really missing anything. What they're maybe referring to is it's missing from your voice, you know, which means that it's, it's dormant in your brainwave pattern. That's all it means. But it can be easily stimulated, and that's what I do. So once I identify the, the two things I'm looking for is the identifying the weak frequencies and identifying the excess frequency because those are the sources of all disease, all imbalance. Everything is either too much or too little frequency. So every person that I've ever worked with over the last 25 years has uh, um, frequencies that are fine, that are good and normal and where they should be. And, but they also have frequencies that are weak and need strengthening, and they have frequencies that are in excess that need releasing. And so that's what I focus on, because each person is different. Some people are a little more in harmony and balance than others, but I have, I've never seen a single person in 25 years that was in 
you know, perfect balance and harmony because we're affected by so many things. The water we drink, the food we eat, the, uh, the, the soil that our, our organic fruits and vegetables are grown in is becoming depleted. You know, so, I mean, so food, air, water that we drink, all these things uh, affect us. So if they're, they're not uh, pure and, uh, and healthy, you know, then, you know, we, it, it affects us. And that's just... Right physical things. There's also the emotions we feel and the thoughts we think. People, you know, sometimes kid themselves into thinking they don't have any control over it. Well, I just feel the way I feel. No, you, you have all sorts of control over how you feel. And if you want to give in to lower energies of, uh, of fear and judgments and all these, you know, the, these various emotions. So it's a whole process. I don't know anything more affecting and powerful and uh, successful in its use and application than sound healing because it covers everything, the physical, right. the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, and it gets to the nitty-gritty. And what I should also say is it's a holistic approach. That's the most important thing that when you were uh, talking earlier before this question that you were, I think, kind of alluding to or maybe thinking about that, that the holistic approach recognizes, like a lot of other holistic modalities, that these things are within the body. And when we have a symptom, people get kind of overcaught up in a symptom of pain somewhere, and that's their main thing. And I get this question almost every day. Well, sound therapy helped my arthritis. Well, sound therapy helped this uh, um, my uh, kidney stone or whatever it is. You know, they're interested in a specific thing, and I have to lovingly explain we have to be less attached to those individual symptoms and more concerned with bringing our body holistically into harmony and balance. Then the symptoms stop. And I realized this when I myself, and before I got into this, I was living in Chicago. For six years, I had chronic kidney stones. Every year, I would get this very painful attack, and the doctors would try to convince me to have the surgery, and I would, you know, refuse that. And I would go through the pain of passing the stone. And I eventually learned to a, a more holistic-oriented Russian physician, doctor, that vitamin B6 and magnesium will soften and shrink kidney stones so they can be passed. So every night before I went to bed, I took my B6 and magnesium because then when your bladder fills with urine, the B6 and magnesium activates the, the, the shrinking or softening of the stone to pass it. So I learned to master that, but it didn't help me heal the condition of creating the kidney stones. So I avoided surgery, and but it would take me seven, eight, sometimes nine weeks to pass the stone as it moved through the urethra and the bladder and all this stuff. Because mm-hmm. it, it, there's no pain when it's just sitting in the kidney. It's when it leaves the kidney and moves through the ureter and the bladder that, you're, uh, right. uh, that you have pain. So I went through that, and I got when I moved to California, uh, I was expecting to, uh, uh, you know, at the usual time, I think it was around September or October, that I would have the... Kidney stone attacks, it's like clockwork. And then when I got into bioacoustics, I should mention when I started, I was trained in using a particular sound machine. You know, and there's people out there using offshoots of the old Tesla coil and the Royal Rife generator that was developed right. back in the 1930s. <laughs> and people are still using these things. And, I, and 
reason rooted in some of a lot of things we're talking about. But what they, many people don't realize and that I've learned directly from experience and research is the most powerful healing instrument in the world. It sits right under our nose. Yeah, it's exactly. our voice. And there's nothing that has that power. You know, I don't waste my time with uh, crystal bowls and bells and didgeridoos and all these. I have them, and they're fun. I use them kind of from time to time if I'm doing a drum circle or I'm doing it in part of a workshop. Or, you know, it's just sort of like the icing on the cake sometimes. But that's not a modality I would make my main focus because well, it Wayne, doesn't have near the uh, effect of the human voice. And I have can I can I, I rein you in here just a little bit here because uh, we're gonna be running out of time, and it's so important to you to know for. Let me say, it's so important for people to know that the human voice is this holistic healing device that they have. It's also important that they not be singers, that they can use their voice. But what about people that have lost their voice for whatever reason? Is there a way they can have a voice for healing? Well, that's a complicated question that I don't think there's sufficient time to answer. Obviously, if the voice is the most powerful instrument, somebody's mute, that's just their karma, you know. There's only so much you can do, you know. You know, to expect somebody that's lost their legs to walk, I mean, it's not possible. (laughs) You can create artificial limbs or crutches or there's various alternatives, but it's not the same. And it's the same thing with the voice. Uh, So you can explore different ways of activating the vocal cords or or using the voice because it's got nothing to do with singing or or speaking. But, you know, like I said, it would be too lengthy to go. I've worked with deaf people. I've worked with with crippled people. I've worked with people with terminal illnesses. I've worked with healthy people as a preventative mode. I mean, I've worked in all sorts of uh, contexts. The important thing is to understand that you have the most powerful healing instrument right under your nose. And I'm speaking to everybody in that context. And if it doesn't matter if you have an accent or you have a speech impediment or any of these things, but if you're mute, obviously there's not a lot we can do. You can listen to regenerative sound. That can be a great benefit. You can uh, eat high-frequency foods like fruits, nuts, vegetables, seeds, uh, and and, and uh, these kinds of things. You know, there's a variety of things that you can do. You were talking about breath work before. That's very important. So there's a lot of things that can be done um, that's supplemental that might not be the most uh, advantageous, the most powerful, but we're just talking about that small exception of people that are mute. And that's, okay. that's the whole other topic or they could do a whole workshop on that so this is all, well, all during, I can say about that right now yeah during the break uh, you mentioned that you would like to uh, give a demonstration uh, a vote sound demonstration so um, tell us a little bit about that and and go ahead well what I often do and I, I almost always do if I'm doing a uh, preparatory presentation or a lecture to live audience, and I do it in such a way that I first demonstrate doing a single note or tone with my voice, and then 
the, in addition to that fundamental note, then I create a second note, which is the overtone or harmonic. And now and people that know music know about the overtone series and know that a harmonic or an overtone is the same thing. And it just means an additional note that's created uh, in addition to the fundamental note. So like on a, a piano as, or something, you know, you might have a fundamental note of C, and within that C vibration, there's an E, uh, which it, in music would be the third, I believe, the major third, would mm-hmm. be the second note created. And, uh, and then in music parlance, of course, you can create music chords and create a third note, which let's say would be the G or the fifth. Now, I don't want to get into music stuff because people that don't know music get intimidated by it's not music therapy it's much more comprehensive deeper than music uh, therapy so when i uh i mean i can demonstrate this via the phone you might not get the full uh 100 effect of the vibration and the energy but you should hear enough and feel enough if you're a sensitive person and you listen with just uh, well, in my workshop, I teach it. You know, there's hearing, which is holographic. When we were prehistoric times, we had to be aware of uh, enemies, animals approaching, searching for food, hunters, hunting and gathering. And so your hearing picks up on everything. It's sort of like the uh, more whole-brained approach. And when we listen, we get more value. If we listen to someone speak or listen to a concert performance or something, What we it's a trade-off. We, we, now we're turning on the left brain and we're listening and analyzing what's going on, if we enjoy it or not, or what our, what we experience or feel from it. And it's to the ex- exclusion of other sounds because we're listening and, uh, and it kind of, we're not thinking about hearing the, the hum of the air conditioner or the refrigerator or traffic or all these other are kind of blocked out because we're focusing our attention which, by the way, is the most important thing that you have. I should. Well, uh, you know what? We only have a couple of minutes, so <laughs> let's hear what you have. Okay. Well, so if I were to just create one note, it would uh, any note it would sound something like I do a vowel sound like ooh. Now that's just a single note, and that's coming through my mouth. If I did that sound through my nose. It takes on a different timbre. It's the same note, but it sounds a little different because it's muffled. It's coming through the nostrils, and it sounds like... Mm-hmm. That's the same note going through the nose. So the first thing in demonstrating harmonics, which are vocal harmonics, which are uh, can be used as regenerative sound, I'm going to go from one note to two notes, and you should be able to hear the difference. And if you're real sensitive, you'll feel the difference when the second note comes in. So I'm going to start with one note through the nose, then I'm going to bring in the note, another second note through my mouth, and then go back to one note and then back to two, so you can clearly hear and feel the difference. And it sounds like this. Can you clearly hear the difference when I'm doing one note and two notes? Oh, absolutely. And uh, you describe how to do all of this in your book. So, Wayne, we only have a less than a minute. Please well, tell people how to get in contact with simultaneously. you. That's the real energy, the regenerative energy. Uh, if there's time for it, it sounds like this. Mm-hmm. 
number of other there's 20 different harmonic techniques that I teach to activate the regenerative energy but that's a little sampling of them. so Wayne we come time for the end of the show how can people get a hold of you well my website is my name wayneperry.com you just go to www.wayneperry.com w-a-y-n-e-p-e-r-r-y.com uh, you go to the website, there's a toll-free number. If you're outside of California, there's an 800 number, 1-800-A-SOUND-HE, uh, or the number 800-276-634. And so the, and there's a local number, a 323 number. I try to be accessible for people by phone if I'm not with a client. I don't have somebody answering the phone for me. I pick it up myself to be able to be there for people that need the support. And so uh, and my email is wayne at wayneperry.com if anybody wants to email me. But I would strongly suggest going on the website. There's pages that have uh, there's a product page with all my CDs and books and laminated texts and things, of uh, products, videos. There's also a testimonial page of people that have experienced this. There's a review page, all the, a lot of five-star reviews on my book, uh, uh, Sound Medicine is the book. And I strongly encourage them to read Sound Medicine because uh, I wrote it because there were no books on sound healing exercises. You know, right. of, might be one or two exercises in a book, and I wanted to create something that would Well, Wayne, we do have to close the show. So, folks, until next week, blessings. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart and tuning in to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.